Abandon hope, all you who enter here. For you stand in the presence of the monkey fighting king! <laughs> I had to censor it, so I had to censor it. If I didn't censor it, I was going to have to work in a bleep, and I didn't feel like doing that this early in. So That's fair. <laughs> Welcome to Under the Bridge, everybody. Welcome to Under the Bridge. <laughs> I'm Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. And I am Greg, a.k.a. Greg. Yeah, and what you heard was just a little excerpt of me impersonating Lawrence Fishburne in John Wick Chapter 4, a movie we will be talking about later. Yes, indeed. But first, I actually got some gaming news. Oh boy, what do we got? First of all, Sega has announced Sonic Origins Plus, which will be releasing on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC through both Steam and the Epic Game Store on June 23rd. That's not very far away. No, apparently they're releasing a physical and digital version, and they're also releasing a digital upgrade to the pre-existing Sonic Origins. Hmm. And what this is going to do, because Sonic Origins was the one that had, you know, one, two, three, and Knuckles and CD in it, and then they attached a bunch of stupid extra DLC nonsense to it that everybody got mad at, and rightfully <laughs> so. Yeah, extra stuff I didn't ask for. What is this? <laughs> We had, we, yeah, we added extreme missions, mirror mode, new character animations, all kinds of stuff, but you gotta pay us extra. Why can't I just buy it as part of cuz? Cuz. <laughs> but! you, that's how. <laughs> thanks. Sorry. Now I have to add a bleep anyway. <laughs> I, I'm here to please. You know what, I might as well just cut out the censoring I did previously. <laughs> and just replace it with a bleep so nobody knows. Uh, fair. No, I'll keep it. <laughs> no, the the big things that this is adding is that Classic Amy is going to be a playable character in Sonic 1, 2, 3, and Knuckles, and CD, and Knuckles will be playable in Sonic CD for the first time. Okay, I guess. Unfortunately, my knowledge of Sonic overall is not the greatest, but this is not, like, a remaster of, like, the old games, is it? No, it's basically that. Not oh. really a remaster, it's just them, just... I probably, I guess, I guess remaster might be the word. Okay. It's a re-release. And they have, wait, and they have paid extra, no, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, like, not approach this any further, because I think I'll get mad. <laughs> no, get mad! It was a stupid idea. <laughs> yeah, I just realized what I was getting ready to say, it's like, no, no, we're gonna get mad too early into the recording, we're not gonna do that. <laughs> you just wanna play old Sonic games? Cool. <laughs> Pay us extra for extra stuff. Oh my god. used to be god. re-included that on disc, like in Sonic Mega Collection Plus. That is infuriating. Okay, now I understand. Yeah. Now I fully understand. <laughs> for Origins Plus, they are also adding 12 classic Sonic Game Gear titles. Okay. One of which is Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. Okay, because I was going to say, I didn't know there were even more than three Sonic games on the Game Gear. <laughs> Oh, yeah, there's Sonic Blast, Sonic Chaos, Sonic Drift 1 and 2, Sonic Spinball. Some of these are just re-releases of other things. <laughs> Sounds about right. Sonic the Hedgehog Triple Trouble, which I think was the introduction of Knack the Weasel, a.k.a. Fang the Sniper, who we haven't seen in a hot minute, come to think of it. Tails mm. Adventure, Tails Sky Patrol. Yeah. Okay. It's gonna be terrible. <laughs> it sounds like a lot. <laughs> it sounds like a lot. It sounds like all they did was just blow up the emulator mm. so it it sounds like they're gonna look like poo unfortunate but hey you know whatever <laughs> classic amy is a big deal 
Because she was never playable in any of the older classic Sonic games. Not the main ones, at least. Like, she was just an NPC? Yeah. Oh, okay. Now everybody's kind of curious, since other Sonic games with the 2D platforming have brought back Super Tails and Super Knuckles to an extent, are we finally going to get Super Amy? Probably not, but... Yeah, fingers crossed or something like that. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. A little bit of extra gaming news. They're making another Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Didn't they just come out with a compilation game? Yeah, but this is way different. This is based on a 2020 graphic novel called The Last Ronin. I don't know how I feel about that, even though I've never read that graphic novel. <laughs> well, let me tell you, it's kind of like Old Man Logan in the sense of there's only one turtle left who is on a quest to avenge the rest of them and Splinter in a basically war-torn New York City run by Shredder's grandson. Okay, that does sound kind of neat. Yeah. It sounds a little neat. I'm not going to I'm not going to say who the last turtle is because it was kind of a mystery in the course of the thing, but... Mm. And it was only a 2020 comic, so I don't want to, you know... Mm-hmm. It's it's new enough. It's new enough. IDW right. published it. Check it out. Okay. I'll have to, because I, I haven't yet, which I probably mm. should have done before telling people to check it out, but you know what? <laughs> Keep supporting but, comics. Keep the supporting comics, even by, if it's by the seat of the pants. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, it's going to be based off God of War conceptually. Huh. Okay. Huh. That's I'd go an, for Turtles beat em up. That's an interesting inspiration for the gameplay design. Hmm, okay. Alright, alright, then I guess I, I guess I am a little bit interested. As long as it's not PlayStation exclusive. Yeah. Let's hope they don't take that much from God of War. Uh-huh. <laughs> hmm. But no, it, it's interesting when I think about it, because one of the things of The Last Ronin, and one of the reasons why the Turtles' identity was a mystery, was because they were using all four weapons. So, oh, okay. that could very easily be a thing in the game where it's like you level up specific weapon types and you get to do crazy shit with them. Hmm, <laughs> that sounds like fun. Yeah. So that was a neat little thing. Like I've said, I'm not a huge Ninja Turtles fan in terms of having consumed a whole bunch of media, but conceptually speaking, I like them a lot, and the oh, 90s yeah. movie is still a perennial favorite. Oh, yes. <laughs> Wise man say forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for late pizza. <laughs> Because he's still got priorities. <laughs> of course. Ninja Turtles gotta have those priorities. Yes, those pizza priorities. That joke sounded a lot better in my head. <laughs> got a little bit of Marvel news. Actually, more than a little bit of Marvel news. But I'm going to start with the smallest thing. Which is mm-hmm. that we finally have a release date for Secret Invasion. Possibly. Presumably. Oh boy. Disney Plus has updated their page for the series and listed the release date as June 21st. Of this year? Yep. Oh, okay. Alright, then that's, again, sooner than I anticipated. Uh, later than I was anticipating, considering they originally said it was supposed to come out early this year. Mm. But uh, hey, you know what? I'll take it. <laughs> I mean, it's still in the first half of the year, kind of, so it's early, kind barely. of. Barely. <laughs> A little, barely. It's about, it's... <laughs> yeah, well... Something, something, semantics. <laughs> but I am still looking forward to this, because a, a more grounded, like, spy thriller, but with aliens? Heck yeah. Yeah, no, that sounds like a very good time. Cannot wait. I do like the idea of staggering these releases a little bit more, even if I'm gonna give them guff for not making the release dates they said. <clears throat> because ultimately, if it means more time to work on these things and make sure that they don't 
turn out like how some of them ended, then I'm all for it. Yeah, that's just for the better for everybody involved. Exactly. We got another big returning cast member announcement for mm. Captain America New World Order. And I'll admit, this one has me a little concerned now, because it turns out Liv Tyler is returning as Betty Ross, last seen in 2008's The Incredible Hulk. <laughs> I don't know. I think this is one of those things where objectively it's not funny, but I think it's funny just because it's like, that is such a pull from so long ago. Like, I genuinely wonder how many people are going to see her in the next Captain America and be like, oh, I legitimately remember you. <laughs> Probably from, like, Incredible Hulk. not that many. Yeah, 15 years. <laughs> the main reason it concerns me is that between them getting Harrison Ford to play Thaddeus Ross, between them saying that the leader was coming back and going to be presumably the main bad guy of Captain America, and now Betty Ross coming back, it feels less like this might be a Captain America sequel and more like this is a Captain America sequel, but also a Hulk sequel. Mm. And I don't... The only reason I have a problem with that is because this is Sam Wilson's first outing as Cap. Yeah, as or at least as Captain America proper. Yeah, and I'd really like it if they maybe drew more from Captain America stuff instead of Hulk stuff. Mm-hmm. And kind of gave Sam more of that opportunity to be Captain America and not the guy who helps fight Hulk baddies. Would you maybe be looking for, like, kind of a... Well, I don't know how you felt about the balance of Hulk stuff versus Thor stuff in Ragnarok. Uh... But, like, provided it's actually quality, is that kind of the balance that you would be hoping for if they're both centerpieces of the movie? In a, in a second Sam Wilson movie slash fifth Captain America movie, yes. Hmm. In this, no. Because all that meant was that a bunch of the Thor stuff got sidelined to do a watered-down, terrible version of Planet Hulk. Mm, that's and I fair. don't want that again. Understandable. Planet Hulk. Thor Ragnarok is directly responsible for Scar and his stupid haircut in She-Hulk. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> no one should have wished that upon the world. Mm. Now, granted, there are some returning characters who are central to what we got of Sam Wilson in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Carl Lumbly is back as Isaiah Bradley. Danny Ramirez is back as Joaquin Torres. So... Hmm. There's still there's still Sam Wilson adjacent stuff in there. Well, that's good at least. But I am still a little concerned and a little frustrated, but I get it. Crossovers at this point are a lot of what people want to see. I just feel like Sam Wilson being Cap is a big enough deal that you should give him a movie all to his own. It's the same reason why okay, I would love with the multiverse saga being a thing if they brought back Chris Evans to play Steve Rogers, but the trick is He's either, like, a clone Steve, or... Okay, Secret Empire's a terrible comic, but... <laughs> okay. I love the idea of, like, doing that, but mm. have it be like, oh, the villains have tapped into the multiverse, and they've actually found a Steve Rogers who was working for Hydra, and now they're trying to play him up as the real Cap back from wherever he's been. But the thing you do is... You don't try to trick the audience with it. You make it very clear something is up, the heroes don't buy it for a minute, the whole thing is about their investigation into what's going on, and how everybody else is falling for it. And not even everybody else, just enough people. Eh, I mean, maybe. Un the unfortunate part of that is that you're still pulling a lot from Secret Empires. Yeah. 
full disclosure, I didn't properly read Secret Empires. I read, like, the Marvel wiki of, like, it going over that. And even I was like, fuck this. This is stupid. <laughs> and again, I wouldn't want that for Sam's first Captain America movie. Yeah, I mean, hmm. I, could, I mean, if there's anyone who could maybe make it work, it is Marvel Studios, especially after you know how they handled Civil War in the com in the movies. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see because they've mm. also been kind of losing some momentum, but mm. we'll see. I would have liked Captain America: Serpent Society. Okay, I'm still mad. I'm still mad about that fake out, Feige. <laughs> you promised me a Serpent Society movie, and boy, howdy, I want a Serpent Society movie. Give me mm. all the snake-themed supervillains you want. All the snakies. Soft reboot the hell out of the Netflix-verse. Bring back Bushmaster, bring back Cottonmouth, bring back Diamondback. I yes. Add Puff Adder in there. Who a is Constrictor. Who is Puff Adder? And, I don't- is there one- I know there's a Cobra. There's there also a, cobra. a Fat Cobra, but he's unrelated. There's a fat cobra. <laughs> There's a fat cobra, but he's unrelated. <laughs> yeah, no, he's some kind of like sumo wrestler or something. He was in Hitmonkey. Oh, okay, okay, that's fair. I still haven't watched the original Hitmonkey. Although series. I think he might also be a champion of one of the nine heavenly cities in the Iron Fist mythos. I don't really okay. remember. Okay, as I say, I still I still haven't watched the original Hitmonkey, so that's fair. point. Is he's not really snake themed, but hell, you know what? Steel Serpent, go for it. Mm. Viper, I don't know. Is there one named Copperhead, or is that DC? I think that's DC. Point is, all the snake villains you want, give it to me. I mean... Falcons eat snakes. I may or may not have the Marvel Wiki pull up, but there is apparently a character called Copperhead, and from what I can tell, they look less like a snake and more like a fucking skeleton. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> no, and it's really funny because... <laughs> Famously, snakes don't have skeletons. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm looking at the page on the Marvel Wiki, and it has, like, a picture of him in one of the comics, and it's him holding, I'm assuming, his helmet, and him just saying, I am dead. Wow. <laughs> and I shouldn't laugh at that, but it is really funny. It's like, because I think it's supposed to be, like, more menacing than it is, but in my brain, the way it's just like, well, shit, I am dead. <laughs> Uh, sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> so, there, there... I'm just gonna briefly touch on this. Yes, Jonathan Majors was arrested on Saturday. No, I'm not getting into it, because the situation is still unfolding, and... Quite frankly, I don't feel like it. Mm. Mostly because, at the end of the day, if any of this is true, it does revolve around somebody being abused, and that's not cool. So, we'll see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We'll see. Indeed. Likely have more on this as it develops, and we get farther away from it. Mm. But I did just want to acknowledge, yes, I'm aware. I'm choosing not to go into it. Which is fair. What I will go into, because it doesn't really involve anybody getting hurt, is... <laughs> it, sorry. <laughs> Just like, no, I worded are... that poorly. <laughs> it's just like, anything else is fine, but no one's really getting hurt. <laughs> yeah, no. So, more info has come out about Victoria Alonso's firing, and, uh, ooh, it's turned into a storm. Oh, boy. Yeah, so, on Disney's side of things, allegedly what happened is that Alonso breached a 2018 agreement that said employees can't work for competing studios. Mm. 
apparently her working on Argentina 1985 and then promoting and publicizing it was the thing that led to them firing her. Mm. But Alonzo's attorney has fired back and said, The idea that Victoria was fired over a handful of press interviews relating to a personal passion project about human rights and democracy that was nominated for an Oscar and which he got Disney's blessing to work on is absolutely ridiculous. Victoria, a gay Latina who had the courage to criticize Disney, was silenced. Then she was terminated when she refused to do something she believed was reprehensible. Disney and Marvel made a really poor decision that will have serious consequences. There is a lot more to this story, and Victoria will be telling it shortly in one forum or another. Ooh, this, that sounds spicy. That is, that is in fact, a spicy meatball of news. Yeah. And very unfortunate, all things considered. Oh yeah. But, but still spicy. Doing a quick search of the movie in question, it's like, okay, if it's a competing t- studio, because I guess it was produced by Amazon, but it also has a box office, apparently, how that gets calculated, I have no clue. Like, it has a box office of literally, like, $900,000, which, if that is really, like, what broke the camel's back, that is monstrously shitty. Well, going further into it, the Hollywood Reporter article also points out that one of the things that may have gotten Disney executives mad is the fact that her promoting that took time away from her working as president of physical and post-production, which may have been partly responsible for some of the movie's effects turning out the way they did. Okay. Basically, like, we had a lot of deadlines and we really had to push stuff and it doesn't help that the person in charge of all this was off doing another thing. Uh, I mean... On one hand, yes, I do get that. On the other hand, if the quality of, like, that side of your movies is so heavily tied to the one person, and yes, I acknowledge that I am talking about the person who's in charge of making sure that everyone does their job correctly, part of me goes, okay, I don't think you can pin all of that on just the person in charge. Oh, no, definitely not. Yeah, I feel like there's a much more... the, The problem at that point, if that's really that much of an issue where the person being gone for a relatively short amount of time ends up making, like, your effects look bad. It's like, okay, some of that lies pretty deeply on the people who also work on that. You can't just throw the head of that department under the bus, like, completely. True, true. Yeah, we'll see what happens with this one. It's also still unfolding. I just felt more comfortable talking about it because, again, does... yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's unfortunate. But it's very spicy. <laughs> oh, it's incredibly spicy. Hmm. I feel like I feel like my ears are about to explode <laughs> from sheer spiciness. Oh, oh yes. And the drama does not stop there. Oh boy. Yeah, this one wasn't reported by the trades, and ordinarily I wouldn't bother with it, except apparently Zachary Levi confirmed it. Okay. Dwayne Johnson kind of sabotaged Shazam a little bit. Really? How so? Uh, according to the rap, and again, verified by Levi, who responded to the article with, The truth will set you free. <laughs> <laughs> um, ambiguous. Johnson vetoed Zachary Levi cameoing in Shazam in the post credit scene, which makes it sound like what was supposed to happen was, instead of getting Henry Cable Superman for God knows what reason other than The Rock just wants to go, Yeah, I'm fighting the biggest, baddest guy in the yard other than me, mm-hmm. it would have been Shazam. You know, Black Adam's arch enemy. Yes, very much so. But, apparently, since he was a producer, he had the ability to veto that. 
And his power might have gone even further because apparently he was also able to block Justice Society members from showing up in the post-credits of Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Uh... <laughs> that's bad. <laughs> that's pretty and bad. If, and if that's true... And I guess spoilers for the end credit scenes of Shazam. I probably should have led with that. Shoot, mm-hmm. uh, I'll put it in the, I'll put it in the timestamp. Yes. But people were giving James Gunn flack for the fact that Emilia Harcourt and John Economos showed up because you know they're Suicide Squad slash Peacemaker characters, and Emilia Harcourt is actually played by James Gunn's now wife. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. So people have been, you know, the 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 people who hate everything have been mm. giving him flack for. Why you keep putting your wife in these movies? And it's like, I didn't. Which, yeah, in this one, he didn't. Yeah. And it sounds like they would have done that if The Rock hadn't rock-blocked them. <laughs> Shut the hell up. <laughs> I will not! <laughs> I'm so sick of him! I hate him so much! Mm. You have no idea how vindicating this is for me, because everybody else keeps talking about, like, oh, he seems like such a nice guy. I'm like, really? He strikes me as an asshole. Am I crazy? <laughs> And I thought maybe I am, which I am. But in this particular <laughs> instance, sounds like, no, I was onto something. He's also kind of a goddamn egomaniac. Which, I mean, mm. I guess when you're The Rock, you can kind of afford to be. But I knew! I kind of figured he was all, he was an egomaniac. I don't think you d- get to that level of stardom and critical acclaim and money without being at least one a little bit. But... Can this just Keanu Reeves make? <laughs> okay, you know what? Fair play. <laughs> I'm genuinely curious if he counts as at the same level as The Rock. Because if he does, I I present Keanu Reeves as a direct, I hope, refutation of that. (laughs) Fair. But I feel like maybe The Rock might be a little bit higher up anyway, so... Mm. I mean, okay, so Keanu Reeves has a net worth of $380 and Dwayne Johnson has a net worth of... $800 800 million reportedly. Well, money isn't everything. <laughs> what, do you, <laughs> what, what do you think the level is where it's like, all right, you have now passed the monetary egomaniac zone. <laughs> there is no turning back. Do, uh, not half pass a mil. Go. <laughs> do not pass go. Do not collect, well, millions of dollars instead of $200. <laughs> half a mil sounds fair. Yeah, but but what I was going to get at is that um I think it depends very much on how well you control that aspect of personality at that level. If this no. is true, it's fair to say he's failed to test. <laughs> yeah, definitely, because this sounds like him going, yeah, I want to make Black Adam the center of the DC universe, which, are you high? Yeah, when it was... When he was getting on about all of that, it's like, alright, I get that you're really excited and passionate about this man, and honestly, am I excited to see you as Black Adam, but let's keep it at least a little bit real. If this is true, it's just like, and he's gone. <laughs> and yeah, people will point out, well, Marvel made Iron Man the headliner of their universe for like 10 years, and Iron Man was never that big in the comics. Okay, yeah, but you know what? Marvel Studios didn't have Superman sitting right there on the shelf. Yeah. <laughs> Their big dogs are over at other studios. Mm-hmm. Here it's just like, well, we've got Superman and we've got the whole Justice League. The Rock? People like The Rock? I don't know why my voice did that, but... Mm. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I didn't know. Did Robert Downey... 
because I genuinely don't keep up with it. Does did Robert Johnny Jr. do any weird, crazy egomaniac stuff during his time as Iron Man? I don't think so. Okay, it, it, then we're already like on a on a slightly better foot in that case. True. Anyways, I think that's enough juicy drama for one day. Mm. Got some John Wick spinoff updates. Oh boy. Yeah, according to Lionsgate Motion Picture Group chair Joe Drake. The ballerina is aiming for a 2024 release date, either in the spring or the summer, and the Continental spinoff series is looking at a fall premiere of this year. There's going to be a Continental spinoff series? Yeah. Like a TV series, I take it? Uh, Peacock. Okay. Uh... <laughs> so streaming. Okay. Which, hey, I'll take. I'm all for expanding yeah. this world out. Yeah, I'm all for, exp- I don't know, I'm ex- all for expanding the world, I just didn't think it would be in the form of tv i figured they would just keep it to like movies for the most part i feel like it's better suited for that in my personal opinion uh, i i can see if you're gonna focus on the hotel a series probably works better okay yeah you know what that's fair especially because otherwise then you gotta you can't fit everything into one movie so then you gotta commit to three movies right off the bat and you can't guarantee people are gonna stick around for one because you don't have keanu reeves presumably in it because it's not about john wick i mean have they said anything about if it's supposed to be like kind of a day-to-day look at the continental hotels or i don't know i found an an alleged interview with a producer on the series but I'm not sure if it's actually legit, so I'm just gonna mm. not. That's fair. It sounds like it might be a prequel, though. I say, oh, having okay. said I'm not gonna. I mean, I'm all for a prequel, so that would be cool. Same. And of course, I'll watch Ballerina, because Ana de Armas is in it, starring yes. in it. Heck yes. yeah. That is a big part of it. I have been wanting her in another action role since, like, Spectre. No, not Spectre. What was it? Oh, no, Time to Die. That's the one! The one yes. where Bond dies. <laughs> it's like no time to die. The one for that Bond dies in. Even though there's, even though there's explicitly and expressly no time to die. We're on a very strict schedule. Mm-hmm. You'll just have to keep living. You, there is, there is <laughs> explicitly no time to die. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's like, all right, sir. So. At our, we have our five, six, and seven o'clock book, so we don't have time for you to die. Would you like to reschedule your appointment? Uh- <laughs> then again, mm-hmm. I guess does Ghosted count? I mean, it's Apple TV, so. Mm. Oh, that's right. Ugh. If she's playing a spy, I presume there's some action in there. There, I mean, based on the trailer, probably is. God, I'm so mad that movie's going to be on Apple TV. <laughs> Well, it sounds like Apple might try to be working to get more of their uh, stuff into theaters for a limited release, which here's hoping. Because yeah, that's that's how that's how you make money off these things. Mm-hmm. You can only get. I hate the fact that it took this long for it to be obvious, even to me. But you can only get so much money pouring millions of dollars into making content for streaming services that you're only charging people like at most $20 a month for. Because eventually, you're going to hit a point where you hit market saturation and you can't get any more people on board. Yeah, and part of my brain also wonders, like, okay, how much extra money do you get um, in that? Like, do you do do you bring enough people into your ecosystem to actually make it worthwhile? No, of course not. Yeah. So what you do is, 
You spend millions of dollars making a movie, you put that movie out in theaters, and you go, hey, once this is out of theaters and it's limited run, the only time, the only place you can watch it is here. Hmm. Oh, yeah, 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 that does make sense. Boom. <laughs> Everybody's getting with it. Netflix would do well to get with it. <laughs> yeah, but that would make too much sense. Releasing Knives Out 2 for one week, making bank, and then saying, oh, we're not doing this again. Why not? Yeah, no. What do you hate money? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> the way you throw it away, I guess. <laughs> Criminy. So stupid, I said criminy. <laughs> trailer time? Oh uh, yeah, we'll do trailer time. There's only one trailer that I really found this week that felt like it was worth covering, and that was the final trailer for Renfield. At least I assume it's the final trailer. I mean, it was marked as such when I looked for it. Yeah, I like it. I like it too. Still a very good time, it looks like. <laughs> I feel like this is the problem with adding movies to my most anticipated list before we have any trailers, because I don't know if it's still on that list now. Oh, why? It's, well, it, it looks good, it's just not, you know, Guardians 3 Barbie. <laughs> I mean, so, it's funny to me, I agree with you completely, but it is funny to me where it's like, a movie that Nick, you've seen Nicolas Cage, oh, the second time we see Nicolas Cage playing Dracula, loses points to those two. I mean, I think I'm kind of with you there. It's weird, because I wasn't sure if Nicolas Cage was going to... I know as stupid as this sounds, given everything we've seen so far. I was kind of thinking, it's like, okay, so how serious... Like, while Nicolas Cage takes acting very seriously, how serious is he going to be as Dracula in this movie? And in this trailer, it's like, not very. <laughs> Fun reminder, he briefly played an animated Superman as a nod to the fact that he was almost live-action Superman. God, yeah, in the hate. 90s, they were going to make a movie called, what was it, was it Superman Lives or something? And it was going to be terrible, and <laughs> Kevin Smith basically has a whole stand-up bit about how the producer almost ran that movie into the ground before, mercifully, it ended up never happening. I mean, there's a part of me that wishes that I could create a time machine into a unit, or create a universe hopper and go to the universe where that movie was made and watch it in all its glory. <laughs> I still want the one where Marvel and Casablanca Records almost teamed up to make a Dazzler movie that had the Avengers and Spider-Man and Dazzler getting sent to post-apocalyptic New York, ruled, split in half and ruled by Donna Summers and Cher, who each had an <laughs> army of knights played by Kiss and the Village People, secretly being manipulated by a trio of lawyers all played by Rodney Dangerfield called Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe. And Robin Williams was a love interest. Do you have any idea how much that haunts me? That we didn't get that? Isn't it unfortunate that I keep on forgetting that that movie was a concept until you mention it? <laughs> yes, it is unfortunate. Because that's mm. great. It would have been <laughs> terrible, but... Ugh. And it, it, I can't even have it on my shelf because it literally doesn't exist. It never got off the ground. Mm. The project falling through... Took that from me! Stole that from me! Killed that from me! <laughs> Is it um? I mean, God almighty, I want to, like, fire back, but it's like, no, thinking about it, this is the most Cody movie that I could possibly think of. <laughs> yeah, anyways, I, that's enough John Wick references from me. Uh, Renfield. Renfield, is, Renfield looks good. 
Yeah, that, I might have to cut that whole bit out because that was just <laughs> fucking nonsense. <laughs> nonsense on this show? Oh, perish the thought. <laughs> oh yeah, what am I talking about? Anyways, mm. no, this looks good. I like that for as powerful as Dracula seems to be, it seems like they still kept that he has a weakness to sunlight, and therefore they have to stop him before sundown because presumably he's busy hiding. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously the... You have the word of the most trusted institution on the planet, the Catholic Church. Big yeah, laugh. Was, <laughs> um, well, that's, I remember that trailer I pretty sure played in front of, like, us seeing John Wick. And yep. when, he, when he said that, I think people around us, like, started laughing. I was just like, yeah, he's gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> it's an old joke, but it checks out. Yeah, but it does check out. I did. It's interesting how even for a red band trailer, the effects for like the blood and whatnot are so completely ridiculous that it doesn't totally check me out of the whole thing. Um, yeah, no, because like that's clearly fake, but it's also still yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah, it is. I, I although I did kind of feel with like Aquafina's character saying like, you know how like people go through bad things and they go like, sorry, I've had it like way worse. This is my way worse. <laughs> Everything I like you that. just did. Yeah, he's like, this is my least favorite part of the job. It's like, so <laughs> I bet. it's like, it's like, so this has happened before. <laughs> How many times? How violently? Where are the bodies, Renfield? <laughs> you look like you've done this before. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, I'm still looking forward to this. It's just mm -hmm. maybe not in my top five anymore. Yeah, which is fair. So this weekend's box office is kind of crazy. Oh boy. Well, first of all, we did in fact see the highest grossing domestic movie this weekend, because it was John Wick Chapter 4. As I say, I'd be shocked if we didn't. <laughs> yeah, it took in $73.8 million domestically for a $137.8 million worldwide total. That's against a $100 million budget, so it's off to a pretty strong start. Still has to mm -hmm. make up its marketing, of course, but we'll see where that goes. Mm -hmm. Word of mouth is very good. So oh, yes. that should hopefully help it keep going, even though Dungeons and Dragons and the Mario Brothers movie are coming out. Oh, God, that's right. Yeah, that's a one-two punch. I don't envy anybody else on this list. Yeah, no. Except the ones who have already made their money. Mm. Like Creed 3. Okay. It's currently in second place domestically this weekend at $10.4 million for a $140.8 million domestic total. And $246.7 million worldwide. That's against a $75 million budget, so it's already doing clean. Nice. Third place. Oh, I feel so bad. It's Shazam. Oh no, how bad is Shazam doing? 68% second weekend drop, which Oof. is pretty standard for superhero movies lately. Mm -hmm. The problem is, most other superhero movies had a pretty strong opening weekend. Mm. Shazam did not. No, it did not. So this weekend, it took in $9.3 million domestically. It is currently sitting at $45.9 million domestically and $101.7 million worldwide. And that's also with a $100 million budget. Oof. Yeah, that's probably not going to make a profit in all honesty. If there's any silver lining, it's that their marketing budget may be smaller because clearly Warner Brothers took a fucking shovel to their trailers. Yeah, they did. Like, there were only two trailers, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, they clearly didn't give a shit about marketing this movie, so maybe that means they saved some there? Mm. I hope. 
Yeah, same. This wasn't bad! It's a good movie. This is a good movie! It shouldn't be tanking like this. I know it is, but ah, anyways. It's frustrating. It is. Fourth place. Scream 6. <laughs> okay. Now, this movie is rolling in it comparatively because it made $8.3 million domestically this weekend for an $89.8 million domestic total. It's sitting at $139.2 million worldwide. And its budget is like $35 million tops. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it's, re- it's so, rolling in it right now. Having already made about triple that. Mm-hmm. And fifth place, wh- which, what do you think it is? <laughs> is it Avatar 2? No. Is it Puss in Boots? No, you get one more. Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> I was expecting you to guess Ant-Man and the Wasp, but you would have been wrong even if that, because it's 65. <laughs> really? Yeah, but really? don't... don't this is why budgeting is important, and why the top mm. five really doesn't actually matter that much, because it took in $3.2 million domestically for a $27.7 million domestic total. It's sitting at $48.9 million worldwide. Reportedly, its budget is $45 million, but mm. there's also evidence piling up that that might be its budget after tax credits that Louisiana gave them for shooting there, and that its actual budget was closer to $90 million. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> Either way, aside from being a disgusting display of how much money saving you can get away with just by exploiting tax credits, mm. if you're rich, if you're very or a studio, rich. or both, or both, because it's Sony, so it's one. Mm. Yeah. Let's assume. Let's run with the forty-five million. It still has to start making about ninety, going off the twice the production budget max, and before it starts breaking even. And this is its multiple if weekend out, I think. Hmm. So, yeah, not looking good for that one. No, not at all. Pour one out for Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania, who didn't even make the top five. Rip. Ripperoni. Anyway, John Wick. Anyway, John Wick 4. We have here one of the only truly solid movie quadrilogies in which each installment is a great movie on its own. That I can think of. It's pretty much the only one I can think of, too. Like, Great might be a strong word, but there's no there's no super damning weak link in it. Yeah, like yeah, not like if there's anything I can give any crap to in John in the John Wicks, it's maybe a small tiny moments of silliness, but given what the movies are, that kind of comes with the territory. So that would just be nitpicking. Yeah, it doesn't have an Avengers: Age of Ultron or a Toy Story four. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. No. Mm. I swear to God, if they pull a Toy Story four on this franchise, I'm gonna get mad, and I'll talk oh, about that later. But yeah, no, because it's like okay, so n- truly nothing is sacred. <laughs> God. So, a uh, short story long, John Wick is still trying to deal with the entire high table, apparently, and in response, the high table appoint this one guy who's played by Bill Skarsgård to basically represent them and unilaterally act in order to deal with John Wick, and he starts going on a rampage against pretty much everybody who's ever helped Wick, kind of like the adjudicator in John Wick 3, but worse, and even more of an asshole, because now he's doing it after the high table has already mended fences and pardoned some of them. Mm Mm-hmm. And that includes sending Kane, a blind assassin played by Donnie Yen, 
after John Wick, who was apparently a former friend of his. And John has to figure out, once again, how to stay ahead of all this and try to find a way to get out from under the high table's rules. Mm-hmm. And it's so much fun! It's very fun. Um, everyone's very fun. Bill Skarsgård is very fun, although I do feel bad to an extent because when he first showed up, even in the trailers and all that, I kept on thinking because of how my brain works, why does he look like a tall version of Dutch race car driver Max Verstappen? <laughs> because if you look up a picture of Max Verstappen, I feel like it's uncanny. <laughs> Hold on a sec. I couldn't spell Verstappen. I guess I could, oh this this the Wikipedia picture yeah no yeah. no that's just that's just him yeah it's like <laughs> it's like it's so unfortunate because the man kills it as the antagonist but it's like Max Verstappen is blonde and as ta- and is taller now what the fuck is this <laughs> oh man no everybody's great in this Hiroyuki Sonata is great in this movie yes I cut out the thing that might have been a spoiler <laughs> hey there we go. Nice job. I know one of the things that got a lot of press was when it was revealed that, and I'm probably going to butcher this woman's name, Rina Sawayama um, was playing... Um, Pretty close, I think. Yeah, was playing um, Hiroki's um, daughter. Hiroyuki. Hiroyuki's daughter, sorry. Um, hey, I got, I almost got it. Yeah. And I, and I guess this is like literally her first ever movie role ever. Really? Yeah. Like She knocked like, it out of the park. Yeah, yeah, I agree. She she did great. <laughs> Donnie Yen, of course, kind of a show stealer. Oh, Jesus. Fuck off. <laughs> uh, love to see it. Yes. And of course, you know, Ian McShane, Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne, Lance Reddick, rest in peace. They all bring mm. their A-game. Yeah. As they always do. Why does it feel like the two roles that I... That the two roles that I'm always like, yeah, this is what I think of when I f- see Donnie Yen are both him playing blind people. Right? Because <laughs> it's this and Rogue One. <laughs> Which is a shame, because I know he's a great actor, but still. No, I mean, Rogue One was a good movie. Mm-hmm. That was a good role. This one's this one's better, though. Oh, 100%. This one's, like, much better. Yeah, so, okay, I think the most amazing thing about this movie is... Y- you remember how I praised the Batman for not feeling necessarily overly long except for like one point where i felt like i started dragging and checked my phone i didn't check my phone once for the time during this yeah no i got very scared when it was real that the runtime was like roughly two uh three hours and it's like oh god what are they gonna do because i'm always like worried about movies that long because there's very few movies that go for that long that i feel like at some point you don't at least, even the good ones, you have to wonder, okay, how long is this going for? This movie did not give me that feeling at all. It just kept on going. It kept the speed going very well to the point where, honestly, when it ended, and then I checked the time, I was like, wow, it's that's it actually did pretty good. <laughs> yeah, no, it's amazing that they managed to make four really good movies based around the concept of, what if we base the whole movie around... QTE fight scenes that probably go on longer than they should. So, (laughs) I remember seeing a post somewhere where someone described these movies as just a series of video games. And the first John Wick is supposed to be like the more grounded. It's like, yeah, introducing the character to... It's Saints Row. Yeah, it's like, it's Saints Row. (laughs) And then it's like you get to four, and while there's none of this in the movie, it is the equivalent of, okay, now we like... You're fighting, like, space aliens and shit, and you're doing the most ridiculous shit ever because you're expected to at that point. <laughs> and you're the, and John Wick's the president. 
And John Wick's the president of the United States. Yeah, no. I am still astounded by these movies of ability and like the right the ability of the writers and ever to take someone who is objectively an awful human being and make him not only sympathetic, but you're willing to root for him the entire time. I still am complete always impressed that the series managed to accomplish that so well. Right, because John Wick is not a good guy. No, he is not. Like, He's a right bastard, actually. Yeah, and, and like, in the first movie, it establishes very quickly. It's like, no, this guy is not a good person. <laughs> no, just because he loved his wife did not mean he was not a horrible monster of a human being. But you always manage to forget it, because mm. Keanu Reeves manages to deliver that perfect kind of distant cordiality that can only really be managed by a wounded wolf in human skin and a bulletproof suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and the 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 absolutely ridiculous mountains of ass that he kicks helps as well. Yeah, that too. <laughs> you like to root for a badass. Oh yes. But no, it, it, of course I'm I'm being flippant when I say the whole movie is based around fight scenes that go that go on forever long because the cinematography also helps. Mm-hmm. It's phenomenal. Oh yeah. They know how to shoot a scene in this. The cinematography in this movie was insane. All any g- cool things in movies that you can think of, I feel like this movie does it all the time. Everything from like just you know, keeping up with every kill and keeping good track of all like um, everything that's going on, so you don't get completely lost in all the killing and fighting. To literally having a video game esque top down fight scene twice in one shot. That was crazy. That actually like completely blew me away when that started. So it's like, okay. They they are going all out for this movie. <laughs> but no, the actual the, I, I I cannot understate how important it is that this movie, all these movies, you can follow the action very well. Oh yeah. There's never really a point where my brain goes, "Wait, what did he what what was that? What happened there?" Because it's all just, it's so well executed, and it's so well performed, and it's so well shot. It's just, it's magnificent. I think at this point, the only thing that, like, for the longer fight scenes, while all of them are so good, the only thing that gets me is that for the long ones especially, there's usually a certain point in my brain that goes, it's like, okay, who are, where are these other guys coming from? How many guys do you have? And why are they even trying? <laughs> like, they literally just watched 30 of their friends be blasted over like a 10 minute time span and they're like i'm gonna get him no i'm gonna get him. no this time i swear we got him like it's like the enemies that you fight in like video games when you're like at the end level and you're maxed out and you're like grinding to get something and you just fight the same guys over and over again i feel like at some point someone just has to actually walk in completely off the cuff and be like why are you guys even trying He's killed you so many times before. <laughs> I will say, in their defense, I can almost see it because A, there's millions of dollars on the line, and B, if you just watched a guy fight 50 guys, all of whom managed to get at least, like, almost some licks in, mm-hmm. or at least... You, you gotta imagine at a point, like, he's gotta be getting tired, right? Yeah, no. So, I could see every single one of them being dumb enough to be like, this is the point, he's finally worn down enough, let me get him now. <laughs> I got him now! It's like, and dead. (laughs) What a time. Mm. I was talking up Donnie Yen, but Shamir Anderson as nobody is also great. 
Oh, yes. No relation to the Bob Odenkirk nobody. That was the first place my brain went. <laughs> yeah, no, he kills it, both literally and figuratively. Oh, yeah. Stylish as heck, which I'll get into a little more later. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. I like that the serial escalation for this does not feel suspension of disbelief shattering. Hmm. Because this started out with just a guy avenging his dog against some gangsters. Yeah, against some gangster who did not know the shit sandwich that they had just eaten. And now it's basically waging a one-man war against the shadowy overlords of the criminal underworld. And yet, at no point do I stop and go, how did we get here? So one of the things that, that kind of made me think about that was, and one of the things that I feel like doesn't get enough attention in these movies, is the general world building, and how they do an exceptionally good job of just kind of getting you to subconsciously accept it. Like, shadowy criminal organization that's, like, well-connected and has, like, teams all over the world who just keep tabs on, like, bounties. You've got multi-million dollars for hotels that are, like, fronts for this criminal organization, but still operate as normal hotels from regular people, at least as far as I'm aware. You don't go, wait, but how did it get here? It's like, oh, this is just how it works. All right, that's yeah. neat. Because it's so well put together that you that it doesn't, like, do anything that immediately takes you out of it. It's... And they also, at the very start, set up with how dangerous John Wick is and with Officer Jimmy just staying out of his way. You easily set up and, <laughs> and, and bypass the question of, well, why don't the cops do anything about it? Bitch, you think they want to? Yeah, like, the cops know, but, I, but the cops also understand. I think one of the things that doesn't get, like, talked about, but is, like, at least implied, is that... For as powerful as this criminal organization is, they they don't want to bring unnecessary attention to themselves, which would mean they don't want to harm civilians or get into it with police if they don't have to. Yeah. But the but with that, everyone else is also well enough aware of how powerful they are. It's like, all right, if you don't make life t difficult for us, we won't make life difficult for you. That, let's just leave it at that. <laughs> yep. Once again, some very stunning locales. Oh, God, it's... All the locations are gorgeous. The The Osaka section of the movie especially oh, is like so pretty. The rooftop scene is just... With the wind blowing, it's just... Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's beautiful. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, no, it's very well done there. And the hotel itself and all, like, all of its aesthetic is very pretty. But yeah, to get to... To go off of what you were saying, the extensive world building is part of why I say bring on the spinoffs, because it has been so well put together that I have no problem going to other corners of this completely divorced from John Wick's story and seeing what those are about and what's going on there. Mm -hmm. Naturally, of course, very impressive deaths all around. Oh, yeah. yeah like so, there's some gangster kills in this movie i mean you go into that to these this series of movies expecting it but there's a lot of gangster kills i will say definitely not as many that made me like uncomfortable or squeamish as there was in john wick 3 it feels like the non-kills were more oh yeah yeah more of a problem yeah including like one majorly <laughs> important to the, to the plot there's like a scene that's majorly important to the overall plot but it's still like uh we'll no, get into that no. one yeah, oh, yeah, that was one where it's like, and eyes covered. Let me know when it's over, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. You got anything else that's not a spoiler, you think? 
Who? Mm, no, that kind of is a spoiler. I mean, he's shown in, like, one of the clips that was, like, preceded the movie actually coming out, but I don't want to, like, give that away just yet. Yeah, fair. Yeah, no. No, I, I, nothing else that I can, like, really think. Oh, soundtrack is amazing. Oh, yeah! Soundtrack's great. The only knock I had against the soundtrack, and not because it was a bad song, it's more so the thing of, like, it fits, but it's not what I would have personally picked, is that there's a remix of Genesis by Justice in the movie, and it's, like, it's one of those things where it's, like, okay... It's used very well, and to see it shows up in, it's good, but it's not my personal pick. It was kind of like, oh, this seems kind of dated for this movie. <laughs> I mean, they did throw a few golden oldies into it, so. Yeah, fair, but, well, I guess it's like, I more for, for I can do a better job for giving golden oldies than 10-year-old electronic music, I suppose. Yeah, I guess. Um, but otherwise, like the soundtrack for this movie is amazing, and that and that what and that is baked directly off of watching Nobody and just listen, hearing that movie's awesome soundtrack too. Also very good. So that being said, ultimately, definitely go see this one. A hundred percent, go see this movie. It's a very good time. Totally worth it. Probably my unironic favorite movie of the year so far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> got two categories <laughs> well it's i really liked blood and honey but it's hard not to argue that i don't like blood and honey for the wrong reasons <laughs> fair that is not a good movie no <laughs> that is just a wildly entertaining movie <laughs> this one i like and actually would watch again multiple times because it's a good movie that yes. I enjoy, and not just because, huh, you know what, I could use a laugh, let me put on Winnie the Pooh slasher. <laughs> so anyways, if you don't want to get spoiled on John Book Chapter 4, make sure to click away, because we're getting into spoilers in 3, 2, 1. So I noticed this one didn't have a subtitle, but I guess they could have called it John Dies at the End. You know what? To be completely honest... I didn't think they were going to actually do that. Me neither! I didn't think they'd have the balls! But I'm glad that they did. They did it in a very final way, too. Because it's like, the entire thing that this man has been going for in this entire franchise is just to return to some form of peace. And it is a thing of like, okay, there is no better peace for this man that I can think of than having his ties with the high table with the criminal underworld completely cut away and just not having to deal with any of that shit anymore. But considering who he is, it also makes sense because it's like, all right, even if he gets away from that life, there's probably still at least one vengeful motherfucker who's like going to come after him. So it's like, I can't think of anything for John Wick that is more peaceful and more final than him succumbing to his wounds in a beautiful backdrop of the hills of Paris, thinking of nothing but his wife. That was very nice. Just, you, and like, he doesn't even have to say it, like, from everything that's shown, from everything that's inferred, and from everything that's said by the people related to the high table, it's like, no, he's good. He, he is done. We have no reason to fuck with him anymore. Yep. And he can finally, for the first time in fucking years, actually relax. (laughs) And going off what you said, I would say years, because to be fair, this whole thing takes place over the span of, like, what? 
maybe less than a year, probably. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Might only be months, come to think of it, because mm-hmm. two and three are pretty much back-to-back. That is true, yeah. But anyways, I think it also really feeds into what you were saying about how an important thing that the John Wick franchise does is they don't really let you forget that John is a bad guy. Mm. Or at least has historically been a bad guy. So him getting to cause all this death and all this chaos and all this turmoil, and then turning around and going back to living his life in in another luxury house would not necessarily feel right. It would feel earned, but it wouldn't feel right. Yeah. So he still has to pay for all the stuff he's done, and ultimately he pays for it with his life, but he does get to do it on his terms in a satisfying way, and even free Kane from the shit that he's up to, and he's forced into. Yeah, because it's like he, because like in doing that, because of how arrogant not Max Verstappen is. (laughs) For stop it. (laughs) For (laughs) no. He, like, they, everyone basically takes full advantage of how arrogant that motherfucker is, and John Wick uses it to kill him in the most just, like, oh, like, satisfying way possible. Because the entire time, yeah, the entire time, this dude that's, like, the head of the high table, whoever he is, is talking about rules and consequences of that, even though he is also a raging egomaniac. And he, but even he's like, Oh, wait, no, this is a golden opportunity that I can't pass up. Oh, no, no, no. And I called it immediately because when John gets shot the third time, I immediately noticed, like, he didn't shoot Kane. Nope. And it's just like, where is this? Oh, no. <laughs> when he goes, as the sponsor, I will have to final shot. I was like, you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> I like that the Marquis de Gramont was so arrogant and had his head so far up his own ass that even the guy who's supposed to be enforcing his rules is just like, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Not in so many words, but the air is there of, you're a fucking moron, and if I didn't yeah. have to do what you say, I fucking wouldn't. But also, you're doing this in the stupidest way possible when your inevitable come up and s- arrives at your doorstep. I will not turn it away. <laughs> rules. And it's like, you arrogant idiot. It's like, what? He didn't shoot. Just looks back at John, and John just goes, consequences Consequences. bang and it's just like oh and then clancy brown the harbinger which oh man so good (laughs) just gentlemen this is our business concluded and then everybody just packs up like it's a catering (laughs) (laughs) pack it in boys we've got krabby patties to sell Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Krabs, what did you get here? This is my side hustle, SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> SpongeBob, me, Bob. I'm an assassin. <laughs> or I'm the middleman to a group of assassins. <laughs> oh, man. Hmm. No, that was really good. I will say I, I'm a little frustrated because it also feels like they played it just ambiguously enough that... Maybe, even if Chad Stahelski didn't want to come back, if Keanu felt like doing it again, they could still bring him back, because you don't actually, you don't see the point where he dies, and when Win- when the Bowery King asks if, you- if Winston thinks he's in heaven or in hell, he just laughs, which might mean neither. Mm. I don't think that's the case. I think he's dead. I think he's dead. I feel like it would be a... 
I feel like it would be kind of cheesy if he wasn't dead, honestly. No, 100% it would be awful. Mm-hmm. I just wish it had been a little more definitive. Yeah. If only for the purpose of assuaging my own fears, you know? And it's not to say, I wouldn't hate a John Wick 5, I guess. It's just like, this is just a really good, really solid, really satisfying ending. And it sounds like this is where Chad and Keanu want it to end. So it's like, yeah, just let that. Let it sit. Yeah, yeah just, just write this good high that you've got going right now. But I'm too used to action movies doing death fakeouts to take it seriously without seeing the moment where the light leaves his eyes, you know? off topic but it reminds me of how when we went to see no time to die and you're just like all right how are they gonna get him out and they landed a missile on his head yeah he's dead oh, wow, he's dead <laughs> he is very dead <laughs> but they said there was no time to die <laughs> it was the theme song mm. it's like literally tomahawk missile lands on james bond's head it's like oh how does he survive that <laughs> Bond, we gotta go there's there's no time for this man mm. uh so, nobody gets his hand impaled. Yeah, he does. And, and this is, okay, you know what, this is part of why I like how, how dumb they set up the Marquis de Grammont, because there's a whole bit where he manages to find John Wick back in Osaka in the first act of the movie, and then lets him go, because the bounty's essentially not high enough for him to think that it's worth it yet. Mm-hmm. He then goes to the Marquis de Grammont and says, hey, I tracked him down once, I can do it again. So if you want, I'll uh, I'll kill him. But you got to make the bounty twenty five million now, and then twenty five million to get paid into my four hundred one k after this. And the marquee is like, yeah, sure, let's shake on it. And then pins his hand to the table with a knife, and is like, you can either pull out the knife and show that you're only committed to yourself, or you can pull out, or you can pull your hand away and show you're committed to the cause, which is what he ends up doing. Mm-hmm. And it's just unpleasant. It's deeply unpleasant, although it does kind of, I will say, when that whole bit was happening, I was like, oh shit, does he actually have the marquee, like, on a bit of a pin now? And it's like, no, no, he does not. Like, this guy thinks he he's good. He does later, but, though. But at this moment, it's like, no, I did enjoy that. Well, the gratuitousness I did not enjoy, but I did enjoy the overall, like, setup for it, because it do, did do a job of establishing, no, you don't fuck with me. Yes, I want this guy dead very badly, but that does not mean you get to fuck with me. And it's like, all right, we're very deeply, as deep as this knife wound, establishing the power <laughs> dynamic. <laughs> and then the Marquis keeps fucking with him. Like, first it was 25 million to find John Wick, and then it was, okay, now you have to kill him or else you don't get it. And then at the same time, every time the bounty amount goes up, the Marquis, or every time, every time the agreed upon amount between the Marquis and nobody goes up, the Marquis ends up raising the bounty to that amount as well, so everybody else knows about it. Mm-hmm. Honestly, by the end of the movie, it's so good, because nobody is actually resorting to taking out other people trying to take out John Wick, just so he can gouge the price higher. <laughs> Frankly, by the end, though, I probably would have just been like, wait a minute, because he does point out, at this point, mm-hmm. you're in genuine trouble if he makes it. Yeah. <laughs> So I would have probably been like, man, I'm not getting this money from this prick anyway. So what I probably would have done, and I say this as somebody who, you know, wouldn't be in that situation and talks a big game, but probably wouldn't anyway, is I would have let him call, 
then like, okay, here's here's what I'm gonna ask you. What is the highest amount? <laughs> Fear of God for your life, what is the highest amount you would pay to get John Wick dead and out of your hair? Make makes the pitch. Interesting. Let me think about it. Hang up. <laughs> Because at that point, you're not getting anything from him. God, I feel like that would have been an easy thing to do during the whole, like, video game one-take fight scene. Because while that's going on... Oh, Marquis, it's like, so good! Yes, but, like, the Marquis calls nobody. And is, and is basically like, you got him yet? I'm kind of busy. He's like, I'll get him if you give me more money. He's like, okay, fine, click. <laughs> uh, and he throws his own cell phone and breaks it, so he has to have someone bring him an actual telephone. <laughs> what a prick. And I love that, because in my brain I'm going, it's like, if he needed any more proof that this guy is annoyingly high society, this motherfucker has someone whose whole job is probably just to bring him a radio phone. If he needs it. If he needs it on a gold dinner plate. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> that's, some, that's some Samuel L. Jackson having McDonald's delivered on fine fucking cloches and shit in Kingsman. I'll have the Big Mac. <laughs> Yes. Although at the same time, that makes me go, does this dude destroy phones in anger enough to where at some <laughs> you point... You have a he phone is, guy on hold? He is, he is consciously gone. It's like, shit, I keep breaking phones. I need to have a golden plate phone guy because this keeps on happening. <laughs> if you break your phone, how do you contact him? <laughs> and at that point, it's like, look, man, you need to uninstall the, the numbers that keep on making you rage quit. <laughs> yeah, man. Take a break. Eat a Snickers. No, but that Hotline Miami-looking fucking top-down scene is so goddamn good with the dragonfire shells and the... Yeah. Ah. Oh, it's so good. And it's like, it's impressive how long it went on for one take. Right? And they do it twice. They give you a breather, and then it's like, and more video Back game one it. takes. It's Setting like, more people on fire! And it's like... There's there's someone who is just like I have always wanted this in the corner, just being like this is what I've always wanted. <laughs> this is what I've seen for this movie series in my head the entire time. It's the I forget the actor's name, but it it is the meme of the guy very scarily smiling and nodding his head. Yes, <laughs> is that Jack Nicholson? I think so. In The Shining, when he's sitting at the bar. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like it's just it. it's just that. <laughs> No, that was good. Uh, Hiroyuki Sonata dying was sad, especially because he didn't have to, except... I guess, no, from his perspective, he did. Yeah, that was dumb. It was dumb on his part, because he's... Donnie Yen even goes, Look, man, just just please take care of your daughter. He's giving you an out. Why are you still trying to kill him? <laughs> Presumably to prove a point. Uh. You can either stand by your friends or you can sell them out, and... He's no sellout. Uh, fair, I guess. But no, that was quite sad, especially because you really get the sense that, yeah, him, him and John are friends. And that oh, yeah. Kane was also once a friend. Mm-hmm. I, uh, Kane is so good at the, whereas nobody is the, I'm not doing this yet just because I want to get the maximum profit I can out of it. Mm-hmm. You can tell Kane is, is doing this in a sense of, I am holding back everything I can because I really don't want to do this. Yeah, it's established very quickly, or like almost immediately more accurately, that it's like he's only doing basically the absolute minimum he needs to do to keep his daughter alive. Exactly. Which also has a wonderful moment during the whole final like dueling scene where the Marquis leans over to, to Kane and just goes, remember to think about your daughter. Kane just goes, fuck off. <laughs> 
And I'm like, and the like the marquee looks at him like, oh, I was like, what the fuck did you think was gonna happen, yeah. man? After all the shit you just put him through. <laughs> The fact that he helps out John at the end is great to get to the duel just so they can try and kill each other properly. Yeah, it's like, I need you to get to the top of those stairs, John. <laughs> Alright, so Donnie and has just become, like, that teacher who's, like, sees the potential in the student but is just fed up with how much they don't, they don't get shit done. He's like, I need you to finish this assignment, John. I like how we're basically jumping all over and talking backwards to this movie. <laughs> I need you to kill all these hitmen, John. <laughs> <laughs> To this That's weird, ju- to this weird justice remix. <laughs> yeah, the the one take of okay, I guess it it wasn't one take of him falling all the way down the stairs, but oh, mm. it's perfect. It's the perfect, just out of nowhere funny moment because it's it's a nice reminder that for as badass as John is, he is not wholly unstoppable. It goes on long enough that it stops being funny for a second and then spirals right back into hilarious when you realize, (laughs) oh no, it's still going. That's actually the only bit of the movie that I wasn't crazy about because at a certain point, it's like, okay, this is going on for too long. I'm pretty sure there's actually a certain point where I see Keanu Reeves just move his hand and shoulder in a way to keep the momentum of the fall going. And it's just (laughs) like, ah, God, this is going on for way too long. I, it, I was like, I know what they're trying to do here, and man, I wish I could find this hilarious, but I really can't, sadly. <laughs> up in, Like I said, up until Donnie Yen goes, I need you to get up that hill, John. <laughs> yeah. Another favorite moment is them having to play that German guy's card game. Who plays him? Scott Adkins. Scott Adkins. He fucking kills it. Yeah! Even though that scene was really short... He, like, commanded the attention in that room. But not the respect. Yeah, like, but not the respect, I love no. that it's the first time you get Kane, Nobody, and Wick all in the same spot together, and they're all, well, the first time all three of them are together at the same time, in the same place, interacting. And as much as they are all sick of each other, they're even more sick of him. Like, yes. when he pulls up the final, the fifth ace, even Kane's just like, let me guess, he's got five aces. Yep, knew it. What a prick. <laughs> it's like, I knew you were a cheating, <laughs> asshole. And then you feel like, okay, this character is just here to, like, just be a weird comic relief that kills e- that we can easily kill. No, he kicks John Wick's ass for a good bit of the sequence. The dude's huge, but he understands the meaning of, like, putting all your weight behind the fist punch. He kicks he kicks ass, That too. was crazy. Although, the, it did kind of get me when he's just, like, at the very end. Like, why don't you just die already? It's just like, oh, And then, dear. and then, <laughs> falls down the staircase, thwack! Which is, to his oh, death. <laughs> another unpleasant one. Yes, very much so. And then just the face he makes, like... After this, just like yeah, <laughs> no, no dignity for that guy's death. Yeah, no, not at all. Oh God, why am I blinking on the Lance Reddick? Because he, yes, the way they just did Lance Reddick, that hits that different. Hurts. That hits, so... that hurts so. I'm much not going to say they shouldn't have that because he... they had no way of knowing. But no, they had no way of knowing that he was going to die. But it's like, man, that scene hits way different now that he's passed that away. That was unfortunate. It was very unfortunate. And I, I feel like, God, that would probably be one of those things where, as horrible as this may sound, if I was like working in the studio, I would be like, okay, this is really fucked up. 
I don't know how we're supposed to deal with this, guys. Because, <laughs> like, we didn't intend for the man to die. But this but is also a really the... easy way to not have to have him <laughs> in the sequels. Yeah, and it's also like, this scene hits a lot different now than we ever anticipated, so... Is this good or is this bad? I don't know how to. (laughs) Yeah, it's like I don't know how to handle this now. I would, God, I I just can't help but wonder what for the writers of the movie, especially after the movie's been shot, when they announced it's like Lance Reddick died. Obviously, I imagine they were like completely distraught over it. Oh yeah. But then, but then someone was like, "Hey guys, you know that he like actually gets shot and dies in the movie, right?" And someone in the back was like, "Fuck!" (laughs) Oh man. That is pretty good. Yes. Also um, terrible, but hey, you know what? When does that ever stop it's, this? It's more so terrible than it is good. Like, terrible definitely overseeds it. I would say it's, like, kind of accidentally good a little bit. <laughs> Look, if you haven't figured out yet on this channel, we like to use humor as a way of diffusing uncomfortable situations. I make a yes. lot of jokes because I'm always uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> We talked about on the stylishness of the movie and a little bit on Mr. Nobody. This is just something that I picked up on. His gun choice is just like, all right, we've got the old Western dude. Because he's got the lever action rifle that breaks down into two pieces, which some of them do. I actually kind of want to see this movie with my brother-in-law just to show him that. Mm. And also like the six-shot revolver and how he like twirls it around and and all the way. And of course, the good doggo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just... It's like, all right, so we've got a modern take of like the the John Marston cowboy setup, because especially with the whole bounty hunting thing, they did a good job of making him seem like a more modern cowboy. Especially for me at the end, where they come across the guy who's been also trying to kill John Wick the hardest that works directly under the marquee, and just walks up to him, has him at gunpoint, and goes, "You almost shot my puppy," and just like takes him out right there. It's just like as uh, one deserves. Uh, as one deserves. <laughs> the moment I saw that dog, I was like, ah, this is going to be important. Yes. And then as soon as the dog gets involved with a fight between the main assassin guy and John Wick, I was just like, yep, this is it. You don't mm. hurt a dog around John Wick, you dumb <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> Have you not seen the last three movies? See, now, part of me, as horrible as it is, part of me was thinking, it's like, are they actually going to kill the dog again in these movies? I'm glad they didn't. Um, I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad they didn't. But I was just like, that's honestly what I was expecting. And I'm very glad I was not proven right there. Oh, yeah. God, there's so much good stuff about this movie. There is. But they're all like little stuff. It's a lot of little. But you know what? The movie does a good job in having good little things. Yeah. That are all like very well done. The bit where Kane first gets the assignment to kill John, and then when he's reading the name on the card that's in Braille, he just gets to, he gets to Wick, and then just goes, fuck you, not doing it. Yeah, he's just like, I can't do this. I've been out of the game for too long. And it's like, alright, the only other smart person in these movies. <laughs> it's Jimmy the Cop and Kane. Yeah. Because <laughs> Kane, like, immediately realizes, like, oh, fuck this. He's a friend. And also, he could kick my ass six ways sideways to next Sunday. Yeah, it depends on with what. Kane's clearly got him with a sword. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, the scene of the two of them fighting in Osaka, and John just trying everything he can to keep quiet. I was just like, this is a surprisingly tense scene. John, are you dead? (laughs) 
Yeah, I was like, is he gonna answer him? I feel like, uh, like looking at John's face, he's almost answered him back. <laughs> it looks like he's trying very hard not to go, no. <laughs> no, I'm not. And, and even still, it was like when Kane said that, he, I feel like in a little bit of his voice, he was like, I really hope you're not dead. I really don't want to actually kill I like you. the fact that for as competent as Kane is, he's still clearly blind. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. the fact that he uses those doorbell sensors, essentially, to help give him an idea of where people are, that's really clever. Is it bad that that is not at all what I thought those were? Oh, I thought they were explosives. Yeah, I thought they were bombs, too, and then when the doorbell goes, I was just like, what? <laughs> John is a fucking ass-kicker with nunchucks. Yeah, he is. The shit he like... pulls off with those. For how crazy Keanu Reeves goes with those nunchucks, I feel like that's a scene where Keanu's like, can we please do this? I've always wanted to do this. <laughs> Insanity. Mm. So, obviously this this franchise has now positioned itself very well to a bunch of spinoffs, because not only do we have the ballerina and the Continental, nobody could easily get a spinoff. Mm-hmm. What's... What's Rina's Sawayama? What's her character's name? I forget. Oh, uh, hold on. Rina, sorry. Akira. Akira. You got the post-credit scene with Akira clearly planning to make good on her promise that if John didn't kill Kane, she was gonna. Mm-hmm. So that either lends itself to a movie about her after she kills Kane, or a movie about her trying to kill Kane, or Kane trying to deal with her trying to kill him. Mm. So that's part of why yeah. I'm not... It... It's an interesting thing, because I don't think we've ever really had an example like this where they have a very successful franchise based around one character and then intend to branch off very soon after the main character is dead. Like, okay, mm. Creed is obviously a very successful spinoff of the Rocky series, but that was also kickstarted long after the Rocky movies had kind of stopped. Or at least yeah. really stalled out and you absolutely couldn't use Sylvester Stallone anymore. They could still use Keanu Reeves, they just killed him off because that was what the story needed. Yeah. Which, mad respect. Oh, yeah, You better not undo it, Lionsgate. Mm-hmm. I'll still watch anyway, but you better not. I, re- I, part of me kind of goes, if they do, I would probably stop at that point. Mm. Depends on what else is out that weekend. Yeah, fair. <laughs> so if you stuck around this long, thank you, because this has been a ramble yes. and a half. I barely took any notes, which is part of why this is so completely disorganized. Which is genuinely amazing. <laughs> like, for, like, people, I don't think you understand. Usually, I think, like, for you, if there's not a lot of notes, it usually means there's not really anything to talk about the movie to begin with. There's loads to talk about, but half of this dude's page was empty. And it's just like, oh, Jesus. All right, this is going to be fun to talk about, because he, he barely wrote a thing. <laughs> yeah, no, in this case, it was just because I was busy watching the fucking movie. really early in i decided i can't i can't if i take notes on everything i'm gonna miss so much good shit yeah but paradoxically that also means it's hard to recall the good shit immediately in any case thank you so Mm. much for bearing with this episode everybody because this was definitely a fun one to talk about oh yes make sure to like comment subscribe follow on facebook spotify tiktok twitter whatever you want to do next week you know, before I get to next week, I, I, I almost forgot this podcast has now been going for over a year. 
Oh, has it? <laughs> yeah, no, the Batman came. The Batman episode was early March last year, so this is actually oh. more like a 13-month almost anniversary. Oh, I, did, I completely missed that myself. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it was originally me and Nick, and then things happened, which is fine. Which is fine, yes. Things happen. Such is life. Yeah. But anyways, that just got me thinking, because, like, I thought about doing something for it, and then it was like, eh, you know what? Maybe maybe on the two, or maybe once we hit something else significant. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Right now, I'm just happy to still be doing this and be keeping it rolling. So, thanks to everybody mm. who's listening, because that the interaction definitely helps make it more worth it, or feel more worth it. Yes, and thank you for the people who watch you stick with us. The fact that you listen is so great just on its own. Of course. So next week, Dungeons & Dragons. Next week, Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> I'm I'm decently excited now. I am deeply curious about this movie, especially because uh, it, it seems like it's getting decentish reviews. So, mm. okay, well that's encouraging. Let me just double check. Ninety percent critic rating. Okay. And ninety four percent audience score. Okay. All right. Yeah. No. Well, it's hoping it it keeps the ball rolling there. Yeah. Anyways, thanks again, everybody. This has been Under the Bridge with Cody, aka the Scarlet Troll. And with Greg, a.k.a. Greg. And we will catch you guys next time. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.